It's Wyatt's World with Wyatt Wheeler. Presented by the Springfield News Leader. The guy that was late today, Art? Huh? You, you must have been recovering today from a miraculous process that you've gone through, and we're glad to have you. Um, you know, go ahead. So, well, I was going to ask the first question. Well, well, hold on. Let me say this. You know, all jokes aside, it's really great to have you back. And, um, you know, people hear your voice. They see our players play. They, they, they see us on the sidelines. But we're people, too, and we have relationships. And uh, you and I have a great relationship. And um, I can remember coming over on an afternoon where things were not looking good. But um, your resiliency, all the prayers, um, the grace of God um, really has allowed for you to be here today. And we should not take for granted that, that you're back. All right? All jokes aside. Yeah, we should not take for granted any day. Yep. Love you. Love you. Yep. Well, so do you have the starting five? <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we got that out of the way. So did you know that you were going to have that joke for Dana when uh, you set that up for him? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, somebody had said that I should get the first question. And uh, so I started to ask. And before I did, Dana made an observation or statement about me. And, and then I replied like you reported. I said, so what, what's your starting lineup? <laughs> Let's get right to it. I mean, that, that's obviously what everybody wants to know. You're starting five. And I, I think it's pretty well established who it's going to be, at least to begin the season. Yeah, you uh, you got to watch, it was probably the last four months, three months, kind of of that, when you kind of woke up, started getting around to being yeah. able to do some of those things. Yeah, I'd say from... Uh, First of December on to the end of the season, I listened or watched uh, every game from that point. So what do you go into thinking this year? Because we're just starting to get into basketball mode, thinking basketball and everything. Just uh, when you look at who they have coming back and what they've added, just what, what, what do you kind of go into the season thinking? Yeah, I, I think pretty highly of them. I mean, uh, you know, you got Donovan Clay back, of course preseason first team all conference and you got chance more and uh, you know dana has said that they're going to try to make him the guy this year and uh saw a lot of him last year i mean he he likes to shoot but uh, but he can make them uh austin mason austin mason yeah yeah, you've got him. You've got uh, the Xavier kid, Cesar. Cesar Edwards. And uh, and then you got Matthew Lee. Say it, Wyatt. Cacao, cacao. Yeah, the peacock from oh. St. Peter's. And then, uh, you know, Bay, the freshman, 
Dana really thinks he could be a big player this year coming off the bench. Yeah, watching watching Tyler Bay walk around, that's a that's a big, lengthy kid. Yeah. Probably needs to add a little bit of muscle, but that's what you expect from most freshmen. He's a prep kid coming in, but yes. Asked the players when I went to Valley Media Day in St. Louis, just like who's the guy who's the guy that's impressed you the most, or just like Tyler Bay. Man, he's like this kid's got everything you think of. And then yes, Dana. We asked Dana the other day. He's just like that offensive stuff's great, but you know with Dana, right? It's got to be that defensive stuff, and that's what makes me think Davion Hill is going to get quite a bit of time as well. Uh, that just seems when you think about those hard playing guys that Dana's attached himself over the years, whether it's, I mean, when Damian Mayo was going to play last year, no matter what, because he had the Matthew Lee injury, that's a guy that's going to dive after loose balls on the floor. Yeah. You think the year before, Isaac Haney, yeah. they blacked that quite a bit. Um, it makes me think Alizé's little brother is going to come in and probably have some type of role in this team because Dana usually has to find just the way seasons have gone in the past, he's got to find somebody that's going to give that little bit of extra effort um, yeah. for whatever reason we've seen the last few years. And Davion seems to fit that milling for what that would be. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen him, obviously, but uh, uh, from what you say, that, that sounds like a Dana type of player. And, of course, you got uh, you mentioned Damian Mayo and N.K. Benson, uh, you know, I know they're they're really high on on Benson, and uh, so I mean you you need those guys to kind of form a rotation. Now let me ask you something about the the transfer from St. Louis. I haven't heard anything about him. Yeah, Nick Kramer. It sounds like that he has sounds like a back injury from what I've heard. Okay, uh, back injury that's kept him out for most of the fall and some of the summer. It sounded like. Okay. Um, to the point where he just started his physical therapy and getting back. Um, so he's going to be out for the beginning part of the year. And then maybe it's sounding like maybe late November, early December, some point December at the very least, getting him back and playing. Um, but that's a three-point shooter that uh, a lot of people really liked from uh, the St. Louis area. I believe Damian Mayo Jr., um, Played against him a little bit when Damian was up playing in St. Louis out when he wasn't at uh, Link Academy in its first year. So uh, it's, I, I wonder well, who that, what's gonna, that, what that's going to turn into. Kind of that's, you're thinking of, okay, who's that three-point specialist going to be? The last year you had um, one of those kids, you had one of those, Brian Trimble for a little part of the year before he left the team in January. Um, you've had Ryan Kreklos of the world throughout the last few seasons, throughout the however long, the last decade it felt like. But <laughs> just uh, don't really feel like there's that three-point shooter right now that you kind of circle like Missouri State had. Yeah. He really is at some point. It's just like, do you really need that when you know Chance is going to be taking those? You know, Alston will take those. Yeah. Donovan Clay will probably take some, whether you you like them or not some of the times, but that just seems to be the way that goes. Do you see any playing time for Tommy Pennick? Because, I mean, he can shoot it, and that's something he can do. Yeah, I was I was surprised by the uh, by the scholarship offer, or the, the uh, award in scholarship. Well, the other I mean, they, they had they, one they to had give. One. Yeah. And I wondered, and maybe could they use some post-help come December when you know Transfer Portal World 
yeah. people are moving in and out and maybe you could go get somebody that could play immediately yeah. um, out of the portal. But, you know, it was just knowing Dana, knowing he's got a good relationship with the Pinnagers and all of them. Tommy's been a bear since he came out the womb right, and just right. coming and going to all these games and yeah. uh, being at everything that whether his grandfather was at, his father's a huge bear supporter. Yeah. Um, to where that made plenty of sense when you're talking about who's the ultimate bear on this team. Tommy Pettigrew has been that since, since the day he was born. So yeah. I took no fault in, in that. It just made me think, okay, they're not going to be doing this. I uh, didn't see him get any time in the in the preseason in the uh, in the scrimmage they had uh, before homecoming homecoming football game. So yeah. that uh, I I don't read. You're not going to read too much into that. But and maybe you do see him when needed for three point shooting when that's his calling. And I don't yeah. I don't know if that's going to be first half minutes or anything like that. Maybe another energy guy that comes in, but. I, it's just kind of a wait and see thing there. Yeah. I, I'm wondering going into the year just how many guys Dana really trusts to throw out there. Uh, we've seen in the past he goes to those short these goes to those short rotations where he's playing eight guys eight guys a game. Yeah, and right now you have a lot of those same guys coming back. So you have Mayo, you have Donnie, Chance Moore, Austin Mason. That's four. You know Matthew Lee's going to be in there. NJ Benson has to be in there. Cesar Edwards has to be in there. So that's seven. Are are they going to be any deeper than that? I mentioned Davion Hill just a second, a little yeah. bit ago. Yeah. That's going to be a kid that's going to run and play defense like Dana likes. Yeah. But where's some of the rest of that going to come from? Yeah. Whether it's a Tyler Bay emerging, Dana said maybe around conference play, when conference play really gets going around that time. But is it just going to be a lot of the same team going into this year with Matthew Lee being the big, having actual, an actual point guard and a natural natural position type of move? But um, there, I think there are some things to wonder about with some of that stuff going into the year. Well, I mean, I think as, as you've described, there, there's a lot of talent there. So we, we've here before a couple of times where they had a lot of talent and the results on the floor have not been uh, what you would expect, but uh, hopefully this would be the year they put it all together. And, uh, you know, Mike Keltner helped me with the preseason uh, poll because, uh, you know, I didn't see any of the games last year, but we picked the Bears second. Okay, so you're not the one that picked them first. No. Who was that? I don't know. <laughs> we, we can't, but I, I was going to ask you about that at some point. I was like, was... Art Haynes, the one to put them number one, but uh, we picked them second behind Drake, and then you know, but they're picked sixth, which was a little surprising. But I think, in a way, it was an indictment on. Well, you know, that's that's kind of where they've been. You know, now they did better than that last year, actually, but uh, but you know, they they just gotta gotta outplay that expectation. I think they will. Yeah, that's uh, I've just from talking going into the year, uh, just talking to the other beat writers, talking, reading some of the other stuff, whether it's a blue ribbon and some of that stuff, and it is kind of an indictment on what the Bears have done in the past. It's like, oh, we can't pick them first because yeah. you know what happens when they pick them first. Yeah, uh, and this was, and I mean, this is still the same guys that um, played last year to where they got them. It's if they're sixth in the league going into 
Arch Madness, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, it was a 12 and eight year in the league. Yeah. Um, I think it was 16, 15 overall by the season's end. So, um, but it was that, but you know, they are young and they are talented and they can be better than some of that. Um, some of what they've shown, and you would think maybe another year in development for some of those guys, um, would get you where you want to be, but, um, have they been able to develop some of these guys and they have, and you think they have in some of these, Isaiah Mosley was able to take the step that he took when, oh, yeah. when he was going from year one to year two. Um, yeah, just looking at 17 and 15 year last year, 12 and eight in conference. Um, just kind of up and down throughout the year. There was a four game losing streak there in non-conference play. Eight games, I believe, that were decided within four points that ended up being eight losses that were within four points. So they're close in a lot of places, but does that leadership at point guard push them over the edge when that's a guy that's led you to lend another program to an elite eight? Yeah, I think that's a, that is a, a big piece that they didn't have last year and they were counting on having, and now he's evidently healthy. And, uh, and ready to go. So I think that was a big part of our, uh, thinking and, and picking where we did. And another part, Dana's never had, Dana's only one time in his career gone a full season with the healthy point guard. And it was Josh Webster. Year yeah. One. Yeah. Hey, you think of Tyreek Dixon. Um, I know you, yeah, I know you, you laugh over there thinking of coach Hedrick, but, uh, but, uh, you go. You think of Tyree Dixon, you think of DeMarcus Sharp was never able to put together a really totally healthy season. Yeah. And kind of gotten, he was starting to come around maybe in that, uh, uh, in that COVID year, but Dana's never really hadn't been able to have one. And you've had to play guys out of position, whether it was Javante Black playing some point guard or, yeah. um, Alston Mason for some part of last year. So. Um, you would feel that is that the new, that's basically a newcomer coming in. Is he one that can take you up that level? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was distracted by the gardener out oh, there the gardener out my door. Peeking around. Now you're good. So who, who were you talking about? I was just saying it was just Dana and his not having a point guard. That's oh, right. Over right, right. his career. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think, uh, again, Matthew Lee is, uh, but looking at his, his reputation, I, I saw him, you know, when they went to the elite eight St. Peter's, uh, oh. <laughs> I remember texting you, you were like, you were at like, a they were winning in the sweet 16 yeah, and you didn't watch that game. Yeah. You were at like something at Juanita K or something and you're at some show. Yeah. I remember sending you a voice message around halftime when they were winning their game. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. And just like, what the hell is this? Uh, <laughs> I just laughed my ass off. <laughs> it was like intermission of the play. It was a good voicemail from Wyatt. Well, and it was short. So, and it was just the, <laughs> so, well, Peacocks must be winning or have won. They're on a roll. Yeah. Um, so you weren't the one that picked him first. Uh, I wonder who did that. I, I couldn't find him at uh, him or her at Valley Media Day or anything. 
I know they wanted the, I mean, it was based on reputation. Uh, like, I guess it wasn't you. It wasn't me. I picked them fourth. Okay. Um, it wasn't, I picked them fourth. Um, and I went into it thinking, okay, one's going to be DeVries. It coaches reputation sure. is what you're thinking. Sure, They're sure. in DeVries and he has Tucker back and he can build around Tucker and be a champion. That's the best player in the league last few years and he's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Number two is Jake. <laughs> yeah. Ben yeah. Jacobson. Yeah. And it's, and, uh, whether that's, whether you think that's deserved by roster or not, Ben Jacobson's yeah uh, the, the man of the league right now, he's the old guy right now. And, huh. and he doesn't seem that old, but you look at what he's got back. He's got Bowen Bourne who played well, he played amazing in Arch Madness. Right. And he doesn't lose, he didn't lose any players and he just added some freshmen. So he's still doing it the old way before the transfer portal got in. Hoping, I'm hoping Kyle Polk can turn in the one, one of the best players in the league just because of love the kid and everything. And then you look at number three and it doesn't matter if Frank Mass left or not. Ryan Wardle has entered that conversation with those respected coaches at the top. So yeah. Drake, Northern Iowa and Bradley are right there. One, two, three. From conversations I had going into it, people really like Indiana State to bring back Oliva. Um, Havila, however you say that name, um, they bring, they add a guy that's already touted as a newcomer of the year candidate coming from a D coming from a smaller school. Yeah. Um, and then people really like the coach who's been on the rise these last few seasons, had him competing there last year and Belmont has a ranking freshman of the year and they played well in league play last year. So, um, in six, I wasn't surprised by any lower. I might have been a little surprised. And you look at the teams below them. Is Murray State going to be anywhere? Murray State seems to be a team that can make a jump. Illinois State can make a jump. Southern Illinois having them way below Illinois State feels pretty low for how Mullins has been throughout his career the last yeah. few years. But of course, he lost um, Domask to uh, the U, U of I, Illinois. So. It's weird. It's a weird year. So I don't know how we picked that. And coaches say, I don't know how you guys picked it when they had a vote as well. And they picked it as well. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's, uh, yeah, you, you make excellent points. I mean, not maybe all the way to the bottom, but one through eight, you know, you, you've got pretty, pretty solid teams there. Uh, so you, you just from a Missouri state standpoint, have to hope that, uh, that Dana can, uh, uh, put the right pieces in place at the right time that, uh, and get this done. But, you know, also your point about, uh, picking the coaches, you, you picked, uh, Drake first with DeVries, you picked, uh, uh, Jake, you picked Brian Wardle, uh, everybody likes the, the coach at Indiana state. And so. I mean, I think this is a big year for Dana to kind of get this thing going in the right direction. And I mean, they, they had a decent year last year, but uh, fans in Missouri State are, are looking for more, and they should. Yeah, they should. And I have, I've kind of backed off. I didn't want to do this whole year. Last last year was, uh, there was a lot of frustration throughout, especially that non-conference part where you get the four-game losing streak. They have yeah. some good wins throughout the re the regular season that made you wonder, okay, 17-15, year five, 
There's some stuff in Dana's contract that makes the buyout a lot smaller that made you think, okay, maybe this could happen. It didn't make, it didn't look right from how Cliff Smart, Kyle Motes have looked in the past with some of these things. So it was no surprise that Dana's back for another year, but that's going to be another conversation throughout all this season. Um, one year left on the contract after this year. And then you're also looking at, they're going to have a new president by, exactly. Mar by March. That's what I was going to say. So they're going to have a new president by March. Kyle's under contract for a few more years. How is, an, how is the president going to feel about an AD situation when a lot of those presidents want their guys? Cliff has kind of helped Kyle to be locked in, have some security once he's gone. But that's still a question on how some of those things are going to go. You know, the Northwest Missouri State uh, former presidents in the house to where they have that Ben McCollum ties right. and everything. And knowing some of the people that are on the search committee and board for Missouri State's next president, basketball is going to matter. Uh, just it knowing is. some of the names in there, it's just like there are some people in there that want to see the advancement of athletics. And that starts with in, when you're making a choice by February, March. Basketball is going to be on the top of our mind when that's the thing that can, that's the thing people care about the most in this area. Well, and you know, I start to say that Cliff would still be the one to decide on the basketball coach because he's going to be here till probably uh, June 30th. But, uh, if he decides to step aside with a month or two to go, then it, it may be the, the call of the new president. At least get them involved if you're, yeah. if you're making that decision. Because yeah. they're going to have the decision made by March 1st yeah. on, on the new uh, president. At least get that new president involved. Yeah. And if, if he has a good season, we're not talking about this. Maybe right. we're talking about having to replace him yeah. if, another coach, if another school comes calling. That's, yeah, exactly. that's just how college basketball works. But you look at, but if he, if he has the bad season, if he has... If he has one where you're in an awkward position where you have a new president coming in, you have an outgoing president, and you're talking about, you know, what is it now, $200,000, $225,000, something around there when the contract is split in half a little bit with the way the, with the, way the language, language is in Dana's contract, you're, doing, you're, you're having a new president crossover with Cliff to where you, yeah. you need to have so you need to have that person involved in that choice when you, know, you make a hot, you go make a new hire and president comes in is like, oh, I don't want this isn't the person I would have wanted. And then you have some weird power struggles at the top for yeah. another three, four years until you have to make another change or something. But yeah, talking ahead of ourselves, of course. Yeah. yeah. And e either way, it's not good when you have to have that discussion. Uh, I remember when, uh, they had a news conference when Barry Henson was the coach to announce they're not firing the coach. Yeah. And that, that's not good. You know, it's, it's better to have a news conference that we're uh, extending our coach or whatever, but the other is just not exactly a vote of confidence. And, you know, again, we are getting way ahead of ourselves yeah. on this and hopefully, uh, uh, it will become a moot point. No, I don't want to make this a storyline of the whole year, just uh, trying to adjust some things and storylines, of course, but it's going to be one that a lot of people are thinking of from night one. How do the Bears look against West Virginia? Um, are the Bears looking at the MTE that they have 
it's a winnable MTE again. It's just like, can, can the bears overcut? Can they finally get one of these one? It's been a long time since they won an MTE. Yeah. And they, they played in one a couple of years ago, I, I guess the one in Naples, Florida. Is that the one they stuck you in a corner was just a little desk all by yourself? Yeah, they did. That's funny. Yeah. Behind one baseline. Behind a baseline. Yeah. yeah. So that w was not great. Had no, no media officer there at all, but that be that as it may. Uh, and they didn't win that one. Yeah. And they needed to win that one. They, yeah. I think it was one of those games where they shoot a lot of threes and miss them. And that's, yeah. uh, yeah, you're good for one or two of those a year, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, last year it was Purdue Fort Wayne. It was just like, it felt like the sky was falling when you lose the, I don't even know what their mascot is and the Mastodors or whatever. Yeah. I don't think that's even one you could imitate. I think that's one that you fell asleep. Hopefully you were falling asleep wherever you were in Lincoln, just uh, yeah, avoiding that one at all costs. Yeah. Well, you know, having said all this, I love Dana. Yeah. I mean, no, he's, it's, he's one of my favorite coaches that we've had. And, uh, uh, can be a little, a little quirky at times, but, uh, he's always been great to me and we have a very good relationship and, uh, I hope this, uh, works to his and the university's favor. Yeah. And that's, and I don't go in rooting for, um, teams win. I go in trying to be down the middle and everything and, um, being around Dana, he, he's a person that you want, that you would like to see succeed, even if you are in the trying to be down the middle and everything. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, and that's your job as a, as a print journalist to be down the middle yeah. as you can, uh, uh, as the announcer for the team. No, you gotta be that. I'm gonna be for no, the you team. You gotta be that. But I mean, I, I also have always tried to give an honest. No, and you've been great at that. Uh, uh, reporting of, of the game and what I see going on for the bears mess up, or if we question you know, a lineup decision at the time of the game, we'll, we'll say it. No. And I know you, and you've been great at that. You do that. You've done, you do that great on sports talk for the longest time as well. You were honest there. If a game was bad and somebody looked really bad and you got you got to question it. So, yeah. um, no, and I mean, for me, it's been, it's been, last year was hard. There are stories that I didn't want to write at, yeah. at a point in the season that was hard to write just because you get to know these people and there are some, it's and just things come up just like, all right, got a job to do. And even if, um, you have a positive relationship with somebody throughout and it's like, got to do the job and everything. So yeah, some struggles there, but just hoping that we're writing some good things this year and, uh, yeah, and everything's all happy and, and I like the readers and everything having their happiness as well. For, yeah. When yeah. the bears win, they're happy. Yeah. Before we, before we get off here, Beth Cunningham, your first real time to interact with her, see her in a coaching setting, um, was this past week and she's going into her second season. What do you make of Beth? You got to interact with her in Lincoln, oh, of course. Yeah. She's awesome. She really is. Uh, she and a couple of the assistant, uh, coaches and two of the players came to see me at the facility in Lincoln before the game. And, uh, then we got to go to the game and yeah, she's, she's really good. Uh, you know, obviously got the pedigree Notre Dame and Duke and, uh, yeah, I think she's going to do a good job here. Did last year. I know they got off to rough start and then what went 18 and eight down the stretch. Uh, so yeah, I, I think their program, the lady bears uh, program will be in good shape. Yeah. We'll be talking about that more, um, as we get closer, but. 
best front court in the league. And it's just a matter of how far those guards come along, how quickly they come along. Looking forward to seeing uh, a Mount Vernon girl, uh, Lacey Stokes, get out there. She's had some great games at uh, the Gizba, GSB, Great Southern Bank Arena. You're going to have to get used to it. Yeah, you're going to have to get used to You haven't had to do that yet, have you? I haven't had to. You know, uh, you're going to call it the Q the first time you sit down there. Oh, yeah. After the, the name change, I, I called it, I called us SMS within the first five seconds of being on the air. <laughs> so got that over with. Uh, I'm pretty good about that now. I treat that as a bad word that you don't say on the air. But uh, yeah, that, it's going to be hard not to say JQH. So GSB, you know. The the B didn't quite get it. Like they've tried to get the uh, the vault off the ground. The fans just aren't taking it. Yeah, aren't having it. I've come I, I've come up with one that's a lot more inappropriate that uh, probably shouldn't say on company company airwaves. But uh, we'll we'll leave that alone. I said it on the radio once. Somebody got mad at me for being too inappropriate. But okay, whatever. Well, that's not the first time. No, it's not the first time. I've said some weird, I'll have to catch you up on a few of the weird things I accidentally said. Um, success was a weird one. Success. Success. I accidentally said, I would like to see this person have success. But I accidentally said, I want to see this person have sex. Uh, ah. <laughs> that's like the Chiefs for a number of years. Uh, when I've been up there for the games, one of the uh, promotions for the post game is Big Mac for sack. Oh God! And so they've tried to get me to say Big Mac for sex, you know. But so far, I've avoided that. But uh, there might be like they plant, planted the seed. Might be a time, but so far we've we've stayed away from that. That's a good place to end this before we go any further. Right. I mean, we know who we would start if we played today. Um, it, it helps with having so many guys back that started last year. Uh, to be honest, we feel like we have about seven starters, um, whether NJ or Cesar starts, whether Mayo or Matthew starts, uh, whether Austin or Chance starts. So we, we really feel like we, we know who would, would definitely start a game for us. And, and I don't think there's any surprise, right? Um, uh, Clay would be out there and, and one of those other guys that I mentioned as well. So who is, you named all these different names, who would be I mean, it's, I mean, all right, if we went today, Matthew Lee's out there, he starts, Austin starts, Chance starts, Donnie starts, and probably NJ. So, but Cesar is gonna play starter minutes and, and Mayo's definitely gonna play starter. May, Mayo may play more than all of them, but, but he, he just may not start. What was it that impressed you the most about Damian Mayo last year, and what has his growth been like in the offseason? Because there were definitely moments last season, Coach, where I thought there were nights you couldn't afford to not have him because he does a little bit of everything. Right. I, I think the first thing that, that impressed us the most was his leadership qualities, even as a freshman, um, being a part of that group where we brought in so many new guys from day one. You know, he, he really – never felt like he had to wait on other people in order to impact. And, and um, it's not easy uh, being a freshman on a team full of guys and juniors and seniors trying to navigate, find your way, uh, even through some, some inconsistent opportunities early. Uh, he continued to work hard and, and became a starter by the end of the year. 
And, and you know, like I mentioned, the, the, depending on the game, depending on the opponent, the flow of the season, he's definitely a starter and, and, and going to play a lot of minutes. Does Chance have a chance to be the go-to guy this year? Are you supposed to use the same word in one sentence? Do they teach you guys that? Um, no, no. Chance, in my opinion, is is definitely a go-to caliber player. I mean, if if we want to be better than 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 what we are projected to be, okay. So, uh, in in our practices in our locker room, yeah, he, he's a go-to guy, and and. Last year was his first year playing, and he made game-winning shots. I think it was at home against UIC. He made three big-time shots at Evansville, and, and really that's his true freshman season. So um, part of our job uh, when you have guys as talented as Chance is to develop them, uh, 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 bring them along, right, have them take steps. And he's definitely taken some steps in regards to uh, his approach to defense, um, his approach to, to doing what we ask. And so um, we're counting on him to be a go-to player for sure. I thought it was interesting the other day how much the guys love Tyler Bay's game. Just uh, what have you seen in him to where he can be an impact guy here one? Well, well, everybody loves a score, and, and Tyler can score. So that's why his teammates like him. Um, I, I want to love him, and I love defense. So, so Tyler's got to get – he's got to get going on the defensive end. But he's talented. Uh, he's easy to like. He makes the game look easy. Uh, he's six nine. Uh, potentially, by the end of his career, he can play one through four. Uh, really good ball skills. Great shooting stroke. Really nice passer. Um, but but you know, he's just he's a freshman, and and so um, the process for him to help us right now, he's got to he's got to learn how to value practice more, which he's gotten better, but. Um, Hopefully, come conference season, he's really uh, figured out what it takes to, to impact games at this level uh, because he's definitely talented enough. You have your core back from a year ago. Was there a lot of work? Was it hard to keep that core together in the world that basketball lives in now with the transfer portal and guys moving in and out? Or was it easy? Were they committed from the moment last season ended? Not, nothing's easy. I mean, uh, anything worth having is, is, is going to be hard. And, and so we feel like all the guys we returned are, are worth having. And uh, it was our hope to return everyone. You know, we, we did not want anyone to leave. But in today's landscape, I believe we lost three uh, outside of graduation. And, and that's not a bad number. And, and um, we, we were fortunate enough to not lose, um, you know, one of the guys that we have returning, whether that be Austin, Donnie, Chance, when you talk about our core, even Mayo and NJ, those guys have options as well. And so um, it was hard. And, and we, we did what, what you have to do in today's landscape. We, we tried to take care of our players the best we could. Uh, we, we, we feel like we do a great job developing relationships. And um, fortunately for us, they, they feel like they want to be here. And, and that's, that's really half the battle in, in today's world because they have some choices they can make, and, and these guys chose uh, Missouri State again, so that's good. You, you make reference to making sure they're taken care of. Um, NIL, I assume you're talking there, or just what, what, are you, what kind of steps did you have to take that maybe you haven't had to do in uh, previous seasons? I mean, it's not just NIL. I, I do think that um, most student-athletes 
today are, are getting some form of NIL. But, you know, talking about your plans for them and how they fit in the next year and, and how, how you can develop them or help them reach their goals or um, what type of changes they would like to see, what type of people they would like to see brought in to help get us to the next level. I mean, there, there's a lot of things. Um, but, again, more importantly, I think, I think them choosing us is, is the most important thing as opposed to, to anything that me or my staff did, that just them choosing Missouri State, which, which is a great place to play. Coach, how many players have bought into your style of defense this year? I know you've had every year there's been a couple guys that just haven't totally bought in. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I mean, I, the guys that don't buy in, I don't know if they're doing it because – you know, they, they don't want to. Sometimes it's just not easy. Um, but, but we do have some anchors, uh, Donnie, uh, Mayo, Davion. N.J. Benson's defense has gotten a lot better, a lot better. Um, guys like Rafe that just understand positioning, uh, things like that. Austin Mason has, has become a better defender. Uh, even Chance has been better. Uh, but... You know, for the new guys, I think I think Cesar is still adjusting to uh, the fact that now he's probably going to play meaningful minutes. Um, Tyler's adjusting to Division One, and so uh, other than that, uh, Nick hasn't had an opportunity to show it, but but I, I would imagine he will. So for the most part, you know, the defense has, has been has been a very promising uh, part of our preseason prep. Because we, we spent more time working on our offense, but our defense is, is actually uh, not bad for this time of year. We've got just over five minutes left in this segment, so let's go to the back here for questions. You guys All right, Coach, um, the pick sixth in the, in the preseason poll, how does that sit with you, with these guys coming back? Does that get you guys motivated a little bit to prove better than that, obviously? Um, maybe the players. You know, maybe they feel a little slighted. I'm not sure. Um, me, I mean, I'm... I'm no different than any other coach. I'm not going to put too much stock in that. Um, we have a we have a great league, and, and um, you know we'll we'll compete just like we have been. Um, that there's not one team in this league that I don't feel like we can beat whenever we take the floor. But um, I think we need to be a little bit more focused on our opening uh, scrimmage next weekend, and uh, we've got I believe 11 games. Uh, or at least five or six before we even get to a conference opponent. So we, we just kind of need to be present in the moment and not look too far down the road in regards to the conference race. A, a lot can change between now and then. You look at our team last year, we, we had Matthew Lee going in, and then by the time league play came, there was no Matthew Lee. So, um, you know, uh, congratulations to whoever is fired up and happy about their preseason ranking. Um, Best wishes. <laughs> Talk about the difference between this time now and this time last year when you only had a couple returners. What's the difference between having a bunch of new guys that you're trying to assimilate and now you're building on what you had last year? Well, you know, you know, culture is such a, a, a overused word, and, and so I, I don't want to use that word, but I, I do want to say that, that our environment has stayed the same. And, and the reason it has is because we have so many returns. And so we're, we're not having to teach a lot of the things that, that, we, that we spent a lot of time this time last year teaching. And 
when you think about the amount of newcomers that we had last year, our style of play defensively especially changed. It was the first time that we didn't uh, have a team with Gage Prim out there, so we were way more active and aggressive defensively, especially in the half court. Um, it was it was the first time that, that we didn't have a guy like Isaiah Mosley where you just give him the ball and, and get out of the way. So so some things that we tried to do offensively uh, were, were different. But with this team, you know, with the with the um, with the connection with last year's team through the returners and then adding what we felt like we needed to to be better at whatever it is we decide to do, we just haven't had to teach as much. And and you know, we we've hired. Um, a few new coaches and, and even today in one of our meetings, you know, coach was talking about how, you know, he, he's not even telling guys to do certain things and they're already doing it. And, and that's, that's kind of where you see uh, the impact of having those guys come back. And, and as well as off the court, we have zero distractions and we always have had minimal distractions, but right now we have zero because guys, they, they understand the expectation and, and that allows for us to coach basketball. Expected the hotel thing this year. Um. Yeah, you know, I think that that goes along with the preseason ranking. It's so far away. We we would only do it for conference, and and you know, so so our deal was, uh, if we if and when we were still in the hunt to win, we we would stay in a hotel, right? So anytime we fell out of the the race, then then obviously we 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 cut the cord on that. So um, hopefully. Um, come mid-December or whenever that first game is, late November now or something crazy, uh, early December, we, we'll, we'll do that. And, um, and then we'll just carry that as long as we're in the race. So your team socials teasing uh, NBA people being through, just as I know Donovan's been talked about in the past, his chance getting those looks, just what anybody specific they're in looking at? Um, you know, sometimes those guys come through, they're just doing swings of all colleges. Uh, we, we've got about three or four guys that, People reach out to us about, um, and then once they come here, they may see some other guys. So that's just that's common. That's common for 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 colleges this time of year to, to get NBA scouts in, and, and you may find a little diamond in the rough. So, uh, but but nothing out of the norm. Um, MSU hired a mental health professional here recently. Just uh, I, I know that's something that you've. You've thought of with the kids here, just uh, your reaction to MSU taking some needed steps in that space. Well, it's definitely a great um, addition to our staff. Um, you know, mental health is real. Um, everybody's different. And for our administration to show that that, that area needs um, someone that's accessible to our student athletes, I think that that goes a long way. I mean, I, I think it not only um, shows that, you know, Missouri State is committed to its student athletes, like what they can do on the floor, on the field, court, whatever the case may be, but also committed to them, you know, off the floor. And, and that is probably more important than anything they can accomplish on it. Although, you know, we, we put a lot of stock in what they can do on it. Most of our guys need to be, be worried about, you know, developing off the floor.